Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Race and Faith Cyphers podcast. I'm Jason Esters. And I'm Richard Smith. Now, in hip-hop culture, a cypher is a group of rappers who take turns rapping, usually to the same music. It's informal, it's free-flowing, and in a similar fashion, these cyphers are free-flowing and ongoing conversations about issues surrounding race, faith, social justice, family, and culture. Obviously, we're not rappers, but we are two Black men who are homeschool fathers, academics, husbands, and men of faith who decided to discuss issues that impact Black families. Thank you again for joining us. Let's enter the cypher. You into the supplements? Yeah, man. <laughs> it makes a difference. I, I noticed it last week. Makes a Dude, difference. I I don't do I don't I do one supplement, uh, glucosamine high, um, chondroitin for my joints every now and again, and um, that helps a lot with uh keeping my uh, is more preventative with my joint pain so if i'm working out or if i'm trying to work out uh i notice that my recovery is better i don't get the same swelling that i usually do but um last week we've had a full week without any leafy dark leafy green vegetables because the season is over the garden is not producing and i haven't been to the store and do when I tell you about me being sluggish and not feeling like my usual peppy self, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it is a real, it is a real thing. Oh, it it's makes a real thing. Really yeah, I think the, I think the vitamins do make a difference. Yeah. So I do a green um, smoothie, like spinach, kale, and all that stuff. Yeah. As well. And um, so I take like vitamins and supplements because I'm vegan, so I want to make sure I get everything in. Right, right, right. E12 and all that stuff. But man, <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with me? For some reason, I was so sluggish. I couldn't even, it wouldn't even click. Like what was wrong? <laughs> what was going on? I was like, oh, I haven't taken any of my stuff this week. That's the problem. So, yeah, it's funny how diet does that. Oh, it just, a, a shift in diet changes everything. Like my wife has been doing keto. So no carbs for her. Um, very few vegetables um, and and fruit because of course those are simple carbs. Right. But um, yo, I can't do that. I can't eat that way. Yeah. I can't eat that way <laughs> because she's getting really heavy on the on the meat fats. Mm-hmm. So now we got bacon in the house, yo. <laughs> I hate. <you. laughs> we got bacon, and I'm not talking about turkey bacon either. I'm talking about the real deal. I'm talking about the squealers. Oh, we, yes. got, we got the pork bacon in the house. I'm like, we ain't had pork bacon in the house in ever, <laughs> like in years. My kids, my kids were like, oh my god, this is what I was talking about. Remember, remember. <laughs> It's the, it's the squiggly bacon. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the good stuff. Yeah, they didn't know what it was. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm down with keto. It's actually working. It's actually working for her. Yeah. And uh, I love the one day to, you know, just dig into the science of, um, of, of ketosis and what it does to the body and how we've, um, how we really accepted popular views of, health mm-hmm. connected to diet yeah. and how a lot of what we have accepted isn't really rooted in science. It's really just rooted in advertising campaigns. You're right. 
right? So we've been, for years and years and years, we've been inundated with the idea that um, calorie restriction is the way to go, that um, low fat is the way to go, that all fat is the same, even though we've heard the term saturated fat, unsaturated fat, um, but we really don't understand the role that fat, you know, healthy fats, like the kind of, um, you know, like omega-3s and those kind of things, really, what role they really play in our bodies. And a lot of the preventative dietary measures that we should be doing or should be enacting, we never hear about, you know, like fasting. Um, you know, intermittent fasting has been really popular and gaining more popularity in the past few years. And it feels like a fad, even though it is a, it's a long-term physiological practice for human beings worldwide. And even further, as people of faith, it should be something we should be practicing anyway. And yet it's something that doesn't really make it into the uh, mainstream discussion, partially because um, it doesn't make pharmaceutical companies money. It doesn't make the medical establishment money, you know, you know, not eating for a period in order or, you know, eating very clean for a period doesn't really, um, it does great for the body, but it doesn't do anything to line um, individuals' pockets. Oh, not at all. It's good for us to be sick. So. Yeah, really. Yeah. Really. Which is, um, <laughs> which is a, 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 an interesting maxim to apply in a lot of ways. It's good for us to be sick. Somebody always benefits from our sickness. Right, exactly. Whether it be, you know, physically the things that we eat, whether it be pandemic times, but not just physiological sickness, yes. but also yes, exactly. psychological illness, also spiritual illness. You know, people benefit from that. You know, people will keep us in a condition of ill ease in order to destabilize us, in order to disorient us, in order for us not to be strong enough to make moves, in order for us to not lack power, in order for us essentially to be easier to control. Because sick men don't move. And if there's anything we need, it's movement. Mm -hmm. It's movement. So, dude, I'm, I'm hearing you on this whole, uh, <laughs> on getting that energy back. And, you know, we're talking about keto because Camille's done that. She's been, like, off and on. Um, I think she's going back on. But <laughs> it's so counterintuitive to, I mean, when you, I'm looking at, like, you talk about bacon and um, she's had pork belly and all this other stuff i'm saying all this stuff i'm like oh my gosh there's no way you know i'm just looking at it but i've i've know i've known so many people i know so many people that have it seemed like it's been very beneficial to them <laughs> dropping weight they're feeling more energized um their complexions change they're like they're they're uh there's how you know they're uh less wrinkles and stuff like that you know what i mean it's just like wow okay <laughs> So I don't know what it is, but <laughs> something. It makes a huge. It makes a huge difference. And again, I don't want to dive into because I'm just beginning to learn um, how the body operates in ketosis and how it um, how it helps 
the body to process a lot of the um a lot of the things that we take in in such a way to make our bodies more efficient because part of the process of um ketosis and in conjunction with that fasting is that those two things help the body to uh, metabolize sugars in a different way like uh, we take on a lot of refined sugars but then our body also turns carbohydrates into sugars and then the 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 um portions of our body that are built to filter those things react much differently when we enter into the state of ketosis and also when we have that period of of fasting so our kidneys and our livers process differently when we take those two um, um, states into consideration. We go into the state of ketosis. It helps our liver and kidneys function more effectively to help to process and um, distribute um, sugar throughout the body. So there's this guy that um, my wife and I listen to. He's a doctor. His name is Jason Fung, I think it is. But uh, he has some lectures on YouTube. And for years and years and years, he's been studying um, 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 like the effect of his, many of his patients are diabetic. And he's, uh, one of the main questions that he had that kind of prompted his research is, well, my, uh, my patients who are diabetic are on all the proper regimens and medications that they're supposed to be prescribed, and yet they are not getting better. The question is why. In fact, they're getting counterintuitive instruction. Like, I, the, the clinical, um, um, their clinical regimen that's told to them is, hey, you are diabetic and thus you should lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. I am going to give you medication to help with your blood sugar, but the medication to help with the blood sugar makes you gain weight. So then they go home and now they have a medicine that's making them gain weight while also... <laughs> they are told change your diet so that you can lose weight and so it becomes a losing battle so then the patients come back to dr fung and they're like this medicine is making me gain weight i don't get it why is this happening mm -hmm. and so part of his research is well if this is happening because of the drugs that i'm giving them what what's happening in the body for um, um, um kind of causing the diabetes and processing the sugars in their body that the that the drugs themselves are not addressing holistically because a lot of times the drugs, as with many drugs, they address the symptom and not the cause. And then they have those side effects. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love the idea that I can do something with my diet to address my problem mm -hmm. where I don't need an intermediary. I don't need an intermediary in order to address the whole of it. I can make a move, a small act, you know, a significant act, but relatively in the scheme of things, a small one, and I can make myself better. You know, we see, we hear it all the time, this idea that food is our medicine. And I think that now we're in a climate and a season where more of us are taking that into serious consideration. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, that's one of the reasons why I switched. I mean, it started out as a fast, but then I recognized some things was happening with mm. my body that was quite, that was good. And I wouldn't have to take like, I used to have to take Tums like every day because I had indigestion on the regular, you know what I mean? Gotcha. So you're, you're so right when you talk about how, 
you know, we can, in a sense, medicine can heal. You know, we can, not medicine can heal, but we can heal ourselves without medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, by just changing how we eat. Now, how long have you been vegan? It's been about five years now. Okay. A little over five years. Yeah, so it's been very helpful. And the thing is, I got into it, as I said, as a fast, and I just kept going with it. And, um, you know, I didn't even realize there was a whole Afrocentric um, side to it. Mm. The veganism, I was like, I started learning these things afterwards when I was going to different places. I'm like, what? You know, it's, it's like, if you know the African diet, the African, the African, African American diet was very little meats and mostly veggies, right? So that's what they were saying. I'm not saying this is the way. I'm just saying that's what they were saying. I was just like, really? And, you know, so there's a whole, I even, I wrote a paper on it. There's a whole culture around <laughs> like Afrocentric veganism. It's a whole culture around it. And it's just, it was really interesting to see that and to see the differences and see how well, you know, at least, at least for the people that kind of stick to it, how well they were doing physically and mentally. Yeah. And how good they look as far as, you know, their age. I was just like, wow, black don't crack any, anyway, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, wow, you're what, what age? You're 70. Wow. You know, those questions, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna tell their age. You're not gonna see that. You're not gonna see the age in their face. For real. Not they not they're living right. No. Right. That's right. That's right. But with um keto, you're so right. I've I've seen like just people have had major success with that as well. Um, it's just yeah, it's just amazing how we can we can treat ourselves by changing the way we. That's what it comes down to, changing the way we eat. I remember what got me one time was I had a relative who said, um, actually one of my wife's relatives who said, we spend more money for what we put on outside our body than on what we put inside our body. Mm. That just shook me. I was like, wow. Mm. Like we spend a lot. Think about that. What you put in, you buy junk to put in your body, the cheapest stuff to put in your body, put in your body, but get the most expensive or, you know what I mean? Really yeah. nice stuff to clothe you and all that stuff. Like, wow. Totally changed my view. That was like year. that was even before I became vegan. Totally changed my view about getting organic stuff and fresh mm-hmm. stuff farmed, you know, um, directly from farm, those types of things. It, it totally changed my view. Yeah, I, we, we're similar, similar, similar circumstance, but um, from a different point of view. So for us, we always buy lots of food. It's the kind of food that we're buying. You know, right. you know, we'll spend hundreds of dollars on groceries for family and then look at it and be like, well, what's the nutritional value in all of this? Yeah. You know, how is it? Did, have we bought anything to make us make make, make us healthier? Mm-hmm. Like if we t- start looking at the different um, um, vitamins and essential minerals that we need, like one time we bought something, we're like, oh, my God, we didn't buy anything that has vitamin A in it that wasn't fortified. Oh, yeah. You know, a company didn't add it in. We didn't, we didn't buy anything. We looked at the color of everything that we bought and the color of everything was on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like everything was um, yellow, orange, or yeah, yellow and orange, brown, and like maybe a couple of red things in there. There was nothing in there. <laughs> nothing in what we bought was actually green or darker, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I think that part of the revolution of, the um of well not the revolution but the awakening of the black revolutionary spirit 
is also tied to what we eat. Because even though there's been a long history of, you know, um, black people being vegetarian, black people being vegan, black people um, paying attention to their kind, their diet, I feel like more people, there are more black vegans, <laughs> more black vegetarians in America now than ever yeah. before. More than ever before, because people are looking at health as um, looking at their personal health as a revolutionary act. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think that's a place I think that's an important place to start. I think that's an important place to start. We have to begin looking at our personal health as a as a revolutionary act. And it needs to be something that we um, engender to our children, too. You know, by example, not by not purely by talking about it. Right, right. There's a I ran into a research by A. Breeze Harper, who talked about decolonizing the body. Like mm -hmm. this is a way to decolonize our bodies. Um, and as you mentioned, a revolutionary act, and that just I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> I never thought of it in that way. But then when I saw that, I was just like. Oh my God. And then she just kind of went through the history and kind of how things were kind of pressed upon us to eat certain things, and usually the worst things, and usually black nutrition and all that. And it's time for us to decolonize our bodies and use that as a revolutionary act against what has ha happened to us over historically mm. in regards of our own health, you know, mm. having heart disease, more likely to have heart disease, as you mentioned, diabetes and other other issues that we have, high blood pressure, all that stuff. And she's like, we really need to take back our bodies. They've been colonized. I was just like, I never thought of it that way. I I love that phrase. I don't think I've heard it before. I got I gotta I gotta you gotta give me that. Yeah, read that. I got you. I'll, I'll see you the source. Cool. So it's and it's so it's so true when we don't think because you know how we get, man. We so, I love black people. I love us. Mm -hmm. But we oftentimes act out of circumstance. Mm -hmm. We are reactionary. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes <clears throat> the thing that the proactive steps to take to prepare us for the thing that we really want aren't the place that we start. We usually kind of look at a situation, try to respond to the situation and try to maneuver our way out of it. So case in point. So here's my, here's my example. We want a revolution. We want things to change. Society is broken. We want to dismantle it. We want to destroy it. We want to dismantle it. We want to rebuild. We want to do all these things. We want to fight against the system because bad things are happening. Nothing wrong with that. I agree. Let's go on and do that. We want to fight. Question mark how do we prepare ourselves to fight if we can barely walk and stand? Mm -hmm. yep. mm. You know, what sacrifices are we prepared to make in order to put ourselves in a position to stand and fight, fight and stand? And part of that, again, starts just with here. Yeah. Yeah. Because there aren't a, you can't, it's hard for you to fight if you're on dialysis three times a week. Mm -hmm. 
it's hard to fight when you're checking and you know been here which is hard to check it from checking my sugar you know every six hours what what you know what can i do what, what can i do you know we talked before i talked to you before about you know wanting to build this bible study around the um six essentials of survival and health is always the first one mm -hmm. right and so taking taking a look at our personal health and thinking about how if the initial steps towards freedom are me being free enough to run i think about that all the time because it fits into my dream system i'm a big not a big dreamer like i have lots of vision for things that i want to do no i mean when i go to sleep I dream and I dream a lot and my dreams are very vivid and I'm always waking up with stories. So I have constant dreams of, you know, running and moving. And so when I read stories like, um, or when I hear stories or when I'm working with my kids and we're talking about the stories of, you know, people moving towards, um, people moving towards freedom. They are emancipating themselves from enslavement like a Henry Box Brown or like, you know, Black Moses, like Harriet Tubman. Yeah. I always think about how tiring it is to run through the wood or to run through the swamp or to run through the dark. The physical effort in the midst of incredible fear and, you know, the, 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 the trauma of release and just, you know, what it means to be a captive, but the physical exertion of what it takes to run through freedom. You know, my heart starts to palpit, palpitate when just me thinking about it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Are we prepared for the physical effort that it takes? You know, have we been making those kinds of sacrifices? And I think both consciously and unconsciously, I think that we're moving that way. Again, I, fear, I hear more Black people talking about what they're eating, what they're putting into their bodies. Mm -hmm. I see more Black people, you know, really, really focusing on exercising and, and their health. I see more Black people um, looking to make the mind-body connection, which is something as Christians that we oftentimes ignore. Mm -hmm. You know, we throw it into the realm of Eastern mysticism not th not thinking about the fact that you know god never created these bodies to be disconnected from its spirit right. in every action that we take mm -hmm. so i see more people more people doing that but i think about that all the time man you know i just got recently quote one thing covid one thing covid has been um uh good for me is i've actually gotten more time to work out you know before covid my gym was my 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 gym was my college where I teach. Mm -hmm. So you know, between classes, I would go to the gym and work out. When COVID happened, I'm like man, I can't work out anymore. What's happening? But I've gotten a more you know home based workout regimen. Been doing more stuff there. And that's cool. But um, <laughs> my boys have already been into martial martial arts, so I finally started doing the kung fu that they do, like learning kung fu, the kung fu that they learn mm -hmm. with their um, seafood. And he said something interesting to me like the first week. He's kind of like, I don't train the kids like I train grown men. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, that's what I, that's what I need. That's what I'm ready, I'm ready. He like, he's like, because 
for you guys, because I got a training partner, he's like, for you guys, the question is, is your body going to give out on you when you need to do something important? Mm. Like, can you pick up your kids and carry them out the house if there's a fire? If somebody's, if somebody is attacking one of your loved ones, are you going to huff and puff to run over there to try to get somebody off of them, to get somebody off of you? Are you going to be prepared to, can you get somebody off of you? Can you carry your wife? And I'm sitting up there dumbfounded. Because that's when the oh shit sets in. Yeah, I know that's right. (laughs) I'm going to be like, man. It just got real. I'm not ready. Lord, help me get ready. Because if the shit hits the fan like it inevitably will, I don't know if I'm physically in a place to handle that. I like to imagine that I am, but a lot of physical readiness ain't throwing a punch. I love that connection, man. I I really do. I think that's something that a lot of us don't even think about how, you know, it's not just about looking good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing. That's great or whatever. But it's really about, can I protect my family? If that's mm-hmm. um, it's also about those, again, revolutionary acts, you know, saying I'm taking control of my body. I'm no longer allowing um, those outside of me to tell me what I should eat, tell me um, what happens to me, you know, being part of the black community. You know, I, I'm not going to allow you know, these things that plague us as a black community to affect my body so that I can't be there for my family. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's just that connection. A lot of people don't even think about that connection. I'm glad you shared that. A lot of people don't even think about, can I get someone off my child? Or, you know, if someone's attacking my wife, can I, you know, stop them from attacking my wife? Can I carry someone out if there's a fire? You know what I mean? Um, Can I carry my wife out if there's a fire? You know, these are things that I don't think we think about at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thankful that we're moving more towards our health. I don't even know if even in that, if, you know, people are thinking about or really considering all those issues and all those things, why we should, as as reasons why we should be focused on being healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think in climates, I think in climates of both, um, you know, chaos and emergency people think about it more mm-hmm. and we have we we've we've had more you know we, we're in a constant state of trauma yeah. and we're in a constant state of an emergency but you know the the fight or flight um the fight you know the adrenaline rush just doesn't last that long we get really really comfortable with our with our status quo yeah you know we're always in a state of trauma. We're always in a state of emergency. But in the past 18 months, we've had more spikes in trauma and emergency in the black community. And it's, and it's, made, us, it's made us look at things more often. Like, how many of us were out there marching? How many of us were out there protesting? And we realized with the mask on, we couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. Or when the pandemic first hit, and the shelves were bare, we realized, huh, 
maybe beans and rice aren't that bad. Or we recognize that, oh, you know, these meatless meals aren't that bad because you weren't getting meat off the shelf. So I think that, I think that number one, our circumstances are giving us an opportunity and a window to rethink the things that we think are integral to us actually growing and uh, being comfortable and being healthy. There's some stuff that we thought we needed that we realized that we don't need. There's some things that we thought we couldn't subsist on that we can. And again, this goes back to, you know, black people all over the world, black people for, for time on end. There are so many wonderful reasons why collard greens and sweet potatoes are a staple in our community. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's historical, yes. You know, these are black foods from the continent, yes, but they are nourishing and complete. Sure. And what they offer our bodies for growth and development. Right. You know, so that's that's one thing. But the other thing is I think this this climate also produced a moment for our kids to adapt because they've had you know they've had to i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it but i don't really mean it they've had to suffer through the meals without meat they've had to suffer through the rice and the beans right, right. and i don't really i say suffer just kind of to be funny but woe be to us if we don't use this opportunity to change their palate like my kid don't have to inherit a, a sweet tooth. <laughs> That's right. Don't have to. Don't have to. I don't have to saddle my children with the addiction to to, to sugar and bad meat that I have. <laughs> right. And then and you know the meat thing is that I'm not I'm not vegetarian and I'm not vegan. I do fast, um, but my fasting even needs a different approach. Like I'm just starting to get to a place where I fast consistently as opposed to being the feast and famine guy because my fasting life has always been feast or famine. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can go with you. I can, you know, I'm a fast for 10 days, 20 days, 40 days. But then after I come off the fast, then I'm asking you where the pork rind's at. Right. which isn't really the way isn't really the way to live right. it needs to be it needs to be as consistent um as my prayer life which also gets into a question of what's my prayer life looking like but i need to have periods of constant fasting and that's where the intermittent fasting kind of comes into play but when it comes to our children like this is the opportunity for us to build in them the practices that are going to help to keep them healthy and whole And not just, hey, throwing the food for food groups on the wall and saying, hey, the FDA says that these are dietary measures that we should take for all of our children to be healthy and home. That's not what we're doing here. You know, what are going to be the practices? You know, I was working on an article um, before the pandemic hit. I was like, okay, 2020 is the year for me to do my dietary article because I was all prepping for my article about how 2020 was the year that the FDA was going to change their dietary guidelines, the ones that they put on the wall for schools. Mm -hmm. And my contention in the article 
was that um, milk consumption as a dietary guideline needs to be removed. Because physiologically, most black people not drinking milk. We lactose intolerant, many of us. You got blood from the continent. You, you, you are principally probably lactose intolerant. That intolerance grows as you get older. So why make a dietary guideline something that's going to make many black and brown people sick? But you said it at the beginning, you said it at the beginning of the, of the cipher, man. <laughs> Somebody benefits off our illness. Yep, no benefits. Yeah. Keep drinking it, someone benefits. <laughs> you know, you, you have made it very clear um, the connection between mind, body, spirit. You know, when we talk about these things that, you know, eating is not just for the sake of eating but it impacts our minds, it impacts obviously our bodies, but there's a spiritual connection as well. Um, and the spiritual connection really is, a lot of people, I'll say it this way, a lot of people eat a certain way, one, because they learned it, but two, they've gotten used to seeing eating as a source of enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Not used to seeing eating as really their source of, in some ways, rest, in some way, in some ways, um, kind of removing themselves from whatever's going on, the problems of the day. So I think in, in our community, a lot of times we, we celebrate around food. Um, we do things around food. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, the things we do, we often do things around food. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have celebrations around food. Those things are, are historic and there's, there's some necessary points to it, but a lot of times it's around bad food and, mm. and we continue to do these things. And it's interesting because one thing I noticed when I went to college, because I went to um, predominantly white college, historically white college as a teacher. And it was interesting to see how the white folks, you know, when it was a nice day, it wasn't about, you know, oh, let's have a cookout. They were out there throwing Frisbees and, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're like doing active things, right? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, let's 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 have a cookout. Let's just you know get some hot dogs and stuff and eat. It, it's just different to see how we celebrate differently. You know what I mean? We come together differently around food. And again, I'm not saying to knock out some of the traditions because those are rich, but we have to really consider how do we gather. You know, what do we gather around? Do we gather around activity where we're physically doing something, hiking, whatever. Or yeah. do we get, always gather around food? And a lot of times we gather around food. You know? you know what? Like, I'm inclined, I'm inclined, I'm inclined to agree. My one, my one caveat is that, you know, I, it's, the celebratory moments aren't the biggest issue for me, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it's the, I think it's the everyday, I think it's the everyday moments. Like, I think that we do have, you know, unhealthy, unhealthy food in, as in parts of our, and parts of our, um, our our cultural heritage, but it wasn't always unhealthy. Like fried chicken, right, is unhealthy now mm -hmm. because we go and we get it from Popeyes. Exactly. Yes. You know, but if it was like when my grandmother, like I remember going to my grandmother's house, mm -hmm. and she would make us fried chicken, which started with 
my aunt having to go to the yard to go get a chicken. Exactly. <laughs> yep. There you go. Killing that bad boy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she would fry it on the in you know in the oil that was pressed there somehow in the house. Like it was just different. And it was accompanied by, you know, foods from the farm like the collard greens and sweet potatoes mm-hmm. that she grew. Yes. You know, she made apple pie from the you know, from the apple tree that was in our yard, from in her yard, and all the crab apples that were on the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it it's it it was a different it was a different kind of food. Yes, it's just a different kind of food. And part of it is we don't. And you touched on this earlier. Like a lot of what we get has been processed to the point that it's so dangerous for us. Whether it be you know the meat or the flour or the oil, it's been you know produced in such a way that <laughs> as soon as we put fire to it, it starts producing carcinogens that go into our body. Like there have been tons of reports on how um, processed meat are cancer-causing agents. Yes. All right, processed meat. And so I think that's, that's part, of the, part of the problem. It's, it's um, the, the source ingredients of the foods that we prepare are already tainted and dangerous for us. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's, that's one thing, but it's kind of the everyday, man, the everyday. Cause I remember being in college and yeah, we had to tell, I went to HBCU. We had some of the best food ever <laughs> at the HBCU. Yo. And, and, and the, the freshman 15 is real. <laughs> the freshman 15 is real. Cause yo, we was going to the cab three times a day, getting these huge meals. And it's just, and it's just real. It was soul food every day, three times a day. It was beautiful. I got my first fried pork chop <laughs> at college. Love Jackson State. J, J State forever. You better believe it. But my, the real issue wasn't um, the meals from the calf. The bigger, the bigger issue was the pizza every night in the dorm. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm like, I, I recognize, I recognize that when we, when we do gather and we get together, we need to gather not just around food, but around activity. I think that's, I think that's true, but our daily practice needs to have, needs to be rooted in activity as well. Right? Like, I think that's the thing that um, pushes us over. And also uh, having, having access or creating lanes of access to the healthier foods, to the good stuff. I mean, many of us would probably wonder, hey, if I were to, I like Richard and Jay, y'all always talking mess. I hear what y'all saying, but yo, really, where am I gonna get, um, I mean, you saying that I need to do all my shopping at Whole Foods to get my organic vegetables and to get my grass-fed meats? And I'm going to pay three to four times what I would have paid for groceries, especially now when, because of the pandemic, um, we're seeing now the rising cost Mm -hmm. of food that we knew was going to happen at the beginning of the year. Remember at the beginning of the year when all of, you know, everything is shut down and a lot of crops were lost, you know, entire acreages of fruits and vegetables 
all had to be destroyed because nobody was working them and, and they may have been contaminated with pandemic. Well, now we're seeing the trickle down effect in the rise in food costs. And I know that people are seeing it in their pockets because they're seeing it at the store. So you mean to tell me that now is the time where I need to <laughs> figure out how to get the healthy stuff? And you know, my answer is yeah. Because <laughs> Whole Foods ain't the only option to get healthy and affordable food. Exactly. exactly. It's not. We just, know. just to add to that very quickly, I mean, you said Whole Foods isn't the only healthy option. That is so true because um, there are a number, and we often miss this, but there are a number of Black-owned farms, um, you know, Black-owned uh, of shops or butcher shops. There's Black-owned. Um, my point is there's, there's, there's people out there that if we look for them that we can um, get fruits, veggies, we can get them for cheaper, but also we can make a connection and keep the money in our communities. Mm -hmm. What we often do is go to the stores and pay all this and making everyone else rich. We can keep it in our communities, but it does take time to search for that. Mm -hmm. It does take time to search for that and to make those connections. All right, I'm done. I'm done. So you keep going. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, people are out. People are out here who are making healthy, making healthy choices, and who are distributing, distributing um, good food and doing good works in that way. Oh, yeah. uh, we just have to change our mind frame about or where we go and what we do, because a lot of our mind frame is built around convenience. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that we think about in terms of our eating is built around convenience. Right. You know, from where we get our food to what foods we get to when and where we, when and where we eat. Mm -hmm. And so um, we are served, and this is said lovingly, we are, said, we are served better by practicing discipline when it comes to our health. Mm -hmm. I am served better when I'm more disciplined in what I eat and what I don't eat. I'm served, I serve myself when I practice the discipline of, of fasting, you know, weekly, if not daily. If I have myself a period where I say, I am not going to eat during this period, I serve myself in a couple of ways. First of all, physiologically, it helps me. It gives my body time to process and clear some stuff out. Spiritually, it helps me. Because by being disciplined, I actually practice sacrifice. And we don't talk enough about how important sacrifice is as a discipline because much of what we want, much of what we feel like we deserve to have, much of what we want to do in the freedom struggle is predicated on what we are willing to sacrifice in order to get to the next place to do a thing or to be a thing. But sacrifice don't happen by accident. It is a, a willing, painful practice. Yeah. And sacrifice in and of itself is, you know, and you know, just on a spiritual standpoint, sacrifice is tied to um, obedience. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice is tied to obedience. It's hard to be obedient when I don't practice 
putting somebody else's principles or ideas before my own wants and needs. And at its guttural heart, like that's what sacrifice is. I'm putting somebody else above my own wants and needs. Christ models that for us. We talk about it a lot, but yo, a lot of times, um, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we all talk. Because when it comes to sacrifice, quite frankly, it's easier to talk about it as a as a physiolog as a as a psychological and ph- philosophical um, idea. It's easier to talk about it out of our intellect than to talk about it from out of our experience, because it's hard to do. It's just hard to do. You got to do the hard thing to be the hard thing. You got to do the hard thing to get to the hard, get through the hard thing. Yeah. It's not easy, brothers and sisters. It's not easy to give up sugar for a week. You know why it's not easy? Because it's an addictive substance. If you think you don't know addiction, try getting off sugar for a week. You will understand it intimately. After that struggle, but you can do it. Christ gives me you the power to do so. We just got to fight that fight. Got to fight that battle. And coming off the other side of it, we realize, oh, there's something that's changed. I'm better prepared for my next step. I'm simply saying all this just to say that having the discipline of our bodies through what we consume helps us to. Um, better position ourselves to be the sacrificing, the sacrificing creatures of both faith and justice that we want to be. It's practice. Practice. <laughs> That's good practice. The scripture comes to mind. Um, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy. Mm acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. And I think a lot of times we read that scripture and we don't think about the totality of that scripture, right? So mm-hmm. We might think, okay, I'll do some good things. That's what I'm doing. But to, and it's interesting, it could say present your spirit. I think sometimes that's how we take it. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. spirit, spirit thing. But it doesn't. And if you study that out, it says present your bodies. It's talking about your entire person, physical. Mm-hmm and spiritual saying present your your all as a living sacrifice so the fact that even the way we eat is part of that sacrifice unto god that god i'm giving you my body i want you to be able to use it and i want to do what it takes to maintain my physical body so that if you need me to go here i can go if you need me to go there i can go if you need me to move faster i can do that if you need me to hold someone up, i can do that 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 you can use me and I'm not stuck somewhere taking medicine that really is damaging my body anyway, or, you know, I don't have all these health issues. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there's beyond that. There's some people that have health issues that might have been inherited in those things or dealing with some health issues now. And I'm not, you know, bashing people with health issues at all. But what I'm saying is that we do the best we can. Yeah. 
in making sure that we are presenting our bodies to God. And that means, wow, I need to give up all this sugar for God. Yes, possibly, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you do. You know, or I had to give up eating in this way that I used to eat that wasn't any good for for me. Yes, because God wants to use us. He wants to be able to use us. I think one of the things as a pastor as well, for me, one of the things that always bothered me is to see pastors that could hardly breathe. Mm-hmm. They could hardly move. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I'm looking at them and it looked like they are going to pass out because, you know, if there's a dinner afterwards, their plate is like this huge with a whole bunch of stuff that's yeah. not good for them. You know what I mean? And I'm like, we have to do better. We're, we're supposed to preach the word of God. How in the Man. world? And that's tiring. I mean, some people don't realize how tiring it is. I see y'all sweating, man. I know, for real. <laughs> that's tiring, especially black preachers. You know, I'm not I'm not even far out like most of the black preachers. But they put <laughs> huffing and everything right there. <laughs> sweating and all that. It's tiring. You talk about one, two, three, maybe four services or whatever. That's tiring. <laughs> And then, I mean, that's just on a Sunday, but then you talk about the whole emotional toll and visiting this person and dealing with it. Like, and, you know, I say that as pastors, but also just we as believers, you know, as we go through our day, we're parenting our children, being able to keep up with them, you yeah. know what I mean? Being able to do things with them. You know, I, I just think as a father, I don't want to be a father that is unable to throw, throw the ball around my children. Right. You know, unable to you know play wrestle with them mm-hmm. you know unable to climb go hiking with them and climb things with them because they're like i'm like oh, i can't do it because because you know because of what i've done in the past because of how i've eaten yeah you know what i mean yeah. but my point is when we talk about being a living sacrifice that is a total commitment to god mm-hmm. that my body is yours and i'm willing to put down this whatever this is, the milk or whatever, that's no good for my body. That's that's really destroying my body. I'm willing to put that down. Uh, fasted forever, if if need be, for the rest of my life, if need be, yeah. so that I can be used more fully for you. Mm. I think we need to start making those connections more uh, as a community. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's healthy, but also spiritual. Yeah, and if we make those connections in our own household. Through, through our practice, because kids, they will learn it best if they just learn it through osmosis, through just being in an environment where it's just what we do. Yeah. It's just what we do. It's one thing for me to tell them, man, y'all need to get out more. Y'all need to go, you know, ride your bike, go hike. But if it's another thing for them to be like, I enjoy going hiking because I remember doing it with my dad or I remember doing it when we did it as a family man remember we did such and such like our family has taken up the habit of going running a couple times a week we get up in the morning we go and we do it as a family and I was just telling my wife you know what I'm realizing now is that I want when I'm dead and gone for them my children be able to sit around and say man let's get up and go let's go let's go to the track and go run. Go run for what? But you know, man, you remember when we was kids and we used to go running with mom and dad in the morning? Oh yeah, that was fun. Let's go. And I want them to just go and do it. I'm dead and gone, but just they just go and they do it and they remember. Yeah. 
just remember that it was fun and it was enjoyable and it's something that we did as a family. That was just one of our things. Yeah. You know, so that is just in them and there's a positive connection for them. You know, if we do, if we do more of that, I can, man, I remember, um, you know, this was before I got married, of course, but I was trying to date a girl. We did not date. I was trying to get her. And I'm sitting up here having a conversation with her and she's telling me about how her, her dad would get up and get all these fruits and juices and they would make smoothies in the morning, right? I can just remember her just talking about getting up and making like these juice smoothies. And that just always stuck in my mind, like, oh, they had their own little family tradition of getting up and making these, these smoothies. And I'm like, oh, that's why you're so fine. Because for years, <laughs> y'all had this practice of getting up and making these smoothies. So then when she was grown, she was still, she was still doing this thing. I was like, that's how you build a family tradition. That's how you build a family practice. You make it the fun thing to do. It's not punitive, you know, so I can't walk up to my son and snap and slap the donut out of his hand. <laughs> and, think <laughs> and think that I'm going to have a positive result around. <laughs> oh, that's good. Somebody probably needs to slap the donut out of mine. <laughs> Very quick as a side, you talk about donuts. We um followed this like several months, no, maybe about a year, a year ago. Followed this vegan donut place, man. <laughs> Went there and uh, <laughs> um, I think someone from the church told me about it, and they're like, "You got to try." So I'm like, "Okay, yeah, you know, I haven't eaten donuts in how long?" Yo, tell me the story, yo. Oh man, <laughs> man, I was hooked. <laughs> I had to fight that. <laughs> I was so every and they only open like three days a week, so you know it's really good, right? <laughs> and they sell out if you don't call them ahead of time. They'll sell out. So man, I'll tell you, it was like for weekends straight we would go, and then I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, man, man, where is this between between Baltimore and Philly, man? Where is this spot, <laughs> man? And people, I mean, people who are not vegan go there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's how you know it's really good. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I had to fight that thing. I had to, you know, kind of slap myself. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, get yourself together. You're calling me? I know. So I broke out of it. I'm, I'm good now. But <laughs> oh man, but but you're right. Punit the punitive. Uh, you know, stop eating that. That's not good for you. You're right. It's just building those traditions. Mm. And modeling it before them. So, so good, so good, man. <laughs> so, man, this is good, man. Shoot, I, I like the free flow. I like this. <laughs> this is this is this is good, man. I definitely want to have some times. We got to get. I I want to bring some health experts on, man. Talk more about just more about health. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's good for um for for just us and preparing for what it means to be um um. Uh, fighters and participants in freedom. I think it's good for us to think as uh, people of Christ, 
followers of Christ. It's about, you know, the connection between mind and body. And you, and you had the perfect, just the perfect voice. You know, we're supposed to present our bodies as living sacrifices. Our bodies are supposed to be, you know, the temples, temples of, um, the holy temples of God. You know, we're supposed to be Jesus with skin on, you know what I mean? And that means keeping our bodies, you know, fit and, and ready and ready to serve, right? And ready to serve. So, yeah, man, I'm feeling, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, yeah, so maybe I'll, I'll see if I can reach out because I, I was in, uh, I was connecting with uh, the woman I told you about earlier, A. Breeze Hoffman, because um, she was working on another project. But I kind of connected with her too late to jump in on it. Mm. But she kind of wrote a a book about uh called a sister vegan, and she was doing one on like brother vegans, and she wanted like some, you know, black men to contribute. Awesome. So I connected with her. We was having some discussion with her, and she's like, "Oh yeah, oh the deadline's you know has passed, but I'm not sure I might open it up again because we ain't getting enough people." And then I think she did open it up again, but then I was too busy. But I was- <laughs> But we'll see. I'll see if I can connect with her. Cause I think she would be a good person to talk to. Mm. Now, of course, she would promote veganism and the Afro um, Afrocentric connection to vegan. All right, it's it's information, man. It was information. I am not going to go vegan anytime soon. Oh, I, hey. I will not be a convert. But guess what? Not going vegan doesn't mean that I can't change my diet so that it reflects a more a more a more healthy and you know it doesn't have to be because it's hard to get high quality meats we should stop being meat centric right 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 you know right now i'm trying to tra- 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 transition our diet to number one not being as meat centric which my wife has already kind of pushed us towards but also to incorporate meats that i know are yeah. um either farm raised or um you know produced on um, the homestead that we're building. And of course, we won't be able to produce a lot, but enough to get the basic nutrients that we need. So um, to say it like some will, uh, meat becomes a side dish and not the main dish. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's it. But I, I, would love to, I would love to talk to somebody who can really speak to the um, uh, cultural and historical um, um, thread of vegetarianism veganism in the black community and how it's something and how it's something to go back to in a sense and there are so many even um uh, theological questions tied to diet that we could also you know talk to and wrestle wrestle with that we didn't quite get to today but i love to even um spark some thought you know pick your brain about some of those things too oh that'd be great yeah, i look forward to that conversation yeah so, you want to pray us out? I think um, you know we're focusing on health and. Well, since um, you are the healthier of the two of us, <laughs> oh, <stop it. laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you take it. All right. Well, let us pray. Uh, <laughs> Father, we thank you, and we thank you, Lord, that you have uh, spoken to our hearts today, and it's our yes, prayer, yes. Lord, that you would speak to those who are listening as well. Lord, that our health has to be central, Lord, that our health is not just something that um, is on the side, but Lord, it's important because it's part of the sacrifice that we make for you so that you can use us for your glory. Yes, God. So right now, Lord, I lift up each and every person that's listening, each and every person that's working towards greater health, and I ask, Lord, that you would strengthen them, 
but we know physically that we can get addicted to certain things. We've had it for years, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that for some that might be addicted to sugar or something else that they need to get out of their diet that's not good for them, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will take away that desire. Mm-hmm. Will give them a greater desire for those things that would be more nutritious, more helpful. Um, to give them better health, Lord, allow them to have the strength and endurance, the stamina, Lord, to raise their children, to be there for their spouse, to do work, do the work of the ministry, Lord, to reach out to friends and family, Lord, to be an example to others. Lord, I ask that you would help us all to make better choices, Lord, because we recognize at the end of the day, it's all about you. Yeah. Everything we do is to honor and glorify you from how we spend our day to how we pray to how we worship to how we eat. So, Lord, we recognize, Lord, that you put things in this earth for for us uh, to give us the nourishment that we need, Lord, that we don't need others telling us and manufacturing stuff. Lord, but we just need to rely on what the resources that you have given us. Yes. Lord, help us to do just that, Lord. I pray for those that are dealing with health issues and ask, Lord, that you would just um, move right now and strengthen them in those areas. Lord, help them to do what is necessary. Lord, I pray, Lord, that uh, those who are dealing with uh, health issues, uh, Lord, that medicine, things that cause side effects, that those things can be reduced as they mm. increase um, their focus on nutritious eating, Lord, and <clears throat> healthy diets, um, exercise, Lord, those types of things. I pray, Lord, that our reliance on the medicines of this world would uh, would not be so, that we would just recognize that we could just rely on what you have given us, Lord. Mm-hmm. And we, we thank you, Lord, for putting those in the earth, for putting people in the earth that have knowledge and um, scientific background. We thank you for that, Lord. We recognize, Lord, that there's some that may uh, right in this moment be in need of their medicine. But, Lord, we pray, Lord, that, uh, again, that those things would decrease so that uh, the nutrition, nutritious eating will increase and health will increase in uh, these lives, Lord. So, have your way, Lord, with us. We just want to honor you. We just want to give you the praise, and we want to do it with our mind, our spirit, and our body. Yes, God. Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen.